Before we get into this week's music meeting, I thought it might be fun to take a look back through some predictions that we made on the show. It's really hard to predict the future in any aspect, but I'm really hoping that we didn't blow it completely. But who will get more songs correct? Well, let's find out. This is The Tim Gavin Show, a holistic look at music and pop culture. Alright, so before we get into this week's music meeting, I thought it would be really fun to kind of take a look back on the music meetings that we've already done and look at the predictions that we made and see if they came true. Now, it is impossible to accurately predict the future, but I want to see just how many of these predictions we got right. So let's take a look back here. This prediction comes from one of our earliest music meetings all the way back in August. I am going with the Miley Cyrus one on this one. I'd say pretty much the same thing. So this one ended up actually getting into the top 20 after all. It peaked at number 14, but it ended up going down pretty fast as well. Last I'm looking at it, it's at 55 on the Hot 100, so still doing pretty good. Just not as much of a hit as we thought. As for songs that I wish would also become a hit, I would love it if, again, that Dua Lipa Levitating remix, I, would, I wish that would at least become like somewhat of a hit in its own right. Doesn't have to be top 10, just get... Just get a little bit of radio airplay. I just think I think that'd That's be fair. Now, Dua Lipa has a ton of chart presence now and pretty much throughout this entire year, but none of those singles are currently in the top 20. Break My Heart peaked at number 13, currently at number 29. Don't Start Now at number 39, peaking at number two. Levitating is on here, but it's a version that features rapper DaBaby. Still pretty great, but it's at number 73, so... Still some potential for it to get a little higher, but right now, not quite a major hit yet. Also, her track with J Balvin, Una Dia, is at 85, peaking at number 63. But even though Levitating wasn't a major hit, I'm gonna say that this was a win because I didn't predict where on the charts it would be, just that it would get on the charts in the first place. I think just for the fact that, and we talked about this earlier because of the CanCon and the Drake factor, Laugh Now, Cry Later will probably be another one. We ended up getting this one right too. It's at number five, peaked at number two in the top 10 for about eight weeks last I checked. So doing pretty good so far. I want to say either Sia Courage to Change and probably Luke Combs without you. I might switch in, instead of C, I might switch in Sam Smith Diamonds or the Beebs, holy. Diamonds didn't really do much either, unfortunately. Number 80 peaked at 51, but holy peaked at number three. So Scott did get that one right. But right now it's at number 14, only on the charts for three weeks though, so it looks like it's dropping pretty fast, and I don't think it'll be that high for much longer. I'm gonna say, well, obviously over now, Calvin Harris in the weekend. Uh, I'm going to also say let's love by david Guetta and sia okay not to be okay by marshmallow and demi lovato and your can con uh i would give it to ruth b actually now here's some predictions where we really dropped the ball and yeah calvin harris in the weekend it was on the charts at some point but it's currently not on the hot 100 uh let's love david Guetta and sia that did nothing and Marshmallow and Demi Lovato, okay to not be okay at number 82 right now, peaked at number 36, so didn't do too much. And Ruth B, again, sadly not on the chart, but I still think it's a good song. Um, not necessarily going to be on like the mainstream top 40 charts or anything like that, but uh, that Brothers Osborne song, Skeletons, is going to do uh, some wonders on the countryside. Absolutely agree. Yeah, looking back at the country charts, it was on there for a week. And that's it, number 16, and then just 
dropped off after that. Still a good song, but didn't quite make as much of a splash as we thought. We definitely got a lot more incorrect than I thought we would, but that's what makes this so interesting. The future is just so random, it's hard for anyone to predict what could become a hit. But that's not really going to stop us from guessing anyway, so let's take a look at the music meeting, see some new songs, and let's try and take a guess again. You know, even though this was supposed to be a shorter music meeting, I ended up finding a lot of music for this one. You ended up finding a lot of, like, um, left field ads for this one. Yeah, yeah. I figure, you know, it's it's something to help pad up the list a little bit. And yeah, there's just some really interesting stuff that I found, too. Let's start with Kino and Behind the Glass. And yeah. as I was listening to this song, like, if you toss the lyrics aside and you just have that instrumental backing track, that could easily, like, be used as say the movie end credit roll music for like an oceans movie yeah and that's what i really like the most about kino is just like that mix of electronic with like almost movie score classical mm -hmm. he's ended he's someone that i kind of discovered on my own just like kind of listening around to stuff very early in 2020 and i just really fell in love with his music and he's got a new album coming up very soon and this is like the first song off of it. And I really like what I hear on this one. Yeah, it's not bad. Uh, not my typical what I would listen to on a daily basis kind of thing, but uh, still not bad overall. Yeah. And, you know, something that I think a lot more people are going to be listening to a little more often, Justin Bieber teaming up with Benny Blanco on this one. And it's lonely. And, you know... I feel like, you know, getting into the into the fame is hard phase of his career. It's kind of running out of ideas. I was going to say it's like, OK, I get the message behind the the lyrics. If you listen to them, it talks about, you know, being judged by people throughout his whole career so far, especially when he was a stupid kid. We all were stupid kids at one point or the another. Yeah. But what's with all the sad boy stuff that he's coming out with lately? I know, right? Like between I, that and Holy... Like, calm down, JB. Yeah, like, come on. Like, I know you're going through some stuff right now, but, you know, this, this is supposed it's to not be making the, for good songs. This is supposed to be the good time of your life when you're, like, married and stuff like that. So, like, maybe focus on that a little bit more. Yeah, like, I think maybe, like, I, I want him to, whatever issues that he has, I really hope that he, like, gets a chance to work through them. Mm -hmm. But do it privately, man. Yeah, it's going to yeah. be better in the long uh, run if you do. I mean, to a certain extent, and this goes um, back to radio as well, is it's OK to make yourself vulnerable. Yeah. In in your public persona and stuff like that. That's part of it. It's part of being real and being truthful with your audience. So, yeah, I, I kind of see that that's kind of what he's doing here, but it's almost too much. A little bit. Um, like and I again I say this like I opened up a yeah. lot a few weeks ago, and even then like I feel like I didn't quite open up th this much. Yeah, there's still parts of uh, what was going on that you kind of kept like just to yourself and then like even your core group of friends. Yeah, but I do want to say something nice about this. Benny Blanco's production is really good on this. That's true. 
and Justin Bieber, his voice is really nice on it. It's just the lyrics themselves that I don't really care for. But other than that, you know, the song's the song's decent enough. He was in a mood, clearly, when he was doing the writing and production of the album. Absolutely. Uh, Icona Pop is back, teaming up with Sophie Tucker for a song called Spa. And really, this is just a match made in heaven. Like... <laughs> I mean, it's I, typical stuff you'd hear from both. <laughs> yeah, and like combining them together, it's just it's a really good combo and it's really fun to listen to. And I like I was just sitting back like, when are we going to hear the dude go? Oh, just in the middle of a, <laughs> yeah, <but laughs> of a lyric there. and you did it it, it, like within the first 30 seconds. <laughs> uh, but Icona Pop definitely hasn't changed that much since I don't care. Yeah, it, again, it's consistent and it just mixes so well together. I really dig that song. I don't think I'll listen to it too much, but, you know, it's going to be a track that I don't skip. That's fair. That's fair. I don't know. See, I don't know if this is going to have very much staying power either. Like, I feel like both of them had their one. Yeah. And that's kind of it. That's all. There is no more. Yeah, but, you know, we'll see what happens. I, I can see a little bit of potential there, but I don't know if it'll make it too, too high. It'll be top 30 at best. Yeah. And a lot of collaborations. Love and Conan Gray with Fake. Yeah, this is more of an acoustic track we're getting from Love. And like, yes, uh, I Like Me Better was still kind of stripped down and stuff like that and kind of had that acoustic key vibe. But this one is like full on acoustic key vibe. It is like it feels like it's less bedroom pop and more campfire pop, basically. True. Yeah. Like this is the kind of thing that you just like you whip out a guitar and you just like sing at the top of your lungs while you're drunk with your friends and you're going camping. <laughs> It's going to turn into the next Kumbaya. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a bit of country getting thrown into here as well. Uh, Lee Bryce out with a new one called Memory I Don't Miss. And it's funny how every single country artist references Springsteen in the last five years. Right? It's like, <laughs> I know I know the boss has like some pretty far reach, but dang. Also, shout out to the boss. He's out with a new album today, so... Oh, yes, that's right. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to have to listen to that pretty soon. For sure. I can uh, talk about that in my blog next week. But this one is like, this one from Lee Bryce is more along the same lines as when he did I Don't Dance. It's more ballady than like one of them girls. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. I was thinking that exact same thing while listening to this. It's like, yeah, this is kind of similar to I Don't Dance. But, you know, I like what I hear. I, I think it could have a little bit of potential on the country charts. It's it's a decent enough song. I like it. It's Lee Bryce. It's a core artist. It's it's going to get played. Like, let's be honest. Yeah. And now we got Lana Del Rey, someone who is very popular, like popular in the sense that everyone knows her, but you don't really hear her on the radio. No, like you get, uh, well, Summertime Sadness was her most palatable on mainstream radio. And then a bunch of alternative stations will play Lana Del Rey at random. I yeah. would like personally, and I know Summertime Sadness was more of this vibe. I would like to see a little bit more upbeat stuff from her personally. I'm with you there. Like, I like her voice, 
But there's all from right from the beginning, there's always been something about Lana Del Rey that has just rubbed me the wrong way. I'm not quite sure what it is. I I don't know, she just feels really fake. Could be, yeah. Yeah, it's and it seems like she's almost pushing that out too much. Yeah. Also, I really don't like the title of her next album, Chemtrails Over the Country Club. It sounds both kooky and pretentious. Just, that's all I have to say about that. Uh, We have a remix of a song that got popular on radio. Um, The Weeknd, In Your Eyes, featuring Kenny G. Again, this is another collaboration I didn't know that I wanted until I heard it. But I would never, I'm a sucker for Kenny G. I would never think I would hear Kenny G on a weekend song, but here we are, and somehow it works. It works so well. I I like this a little bit more than the original, to be honest. That's fair, probably because it's an actual instrument and not necessarily a synthesizer. Synthesizer's a real instrument. Well, you know what I mean. It, it adds to the 80s vibe. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And Kenny G, he just, he kills it on this one. Like you said, you are a sucker for Kenny G. I am. And, you know, Scotty, Scotty McCreary, we got you time now. And Scotty McCreary is one of those artists that you look at his face and then you hear his voice. And... It doesn't quite match up right away. I find you get a lot of that in country. For example, Kane Brown. Oh, yeah. Like, at first, when you look at his face, he looks like he's 12. Mm-hmm. And then you hear his voice, and you're like, is he 45? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's that 13 or 30 conundrum. It's hard. But, you know, it. So again, some great singers like Kane Brown, fantastic singer. Scotty McCreary is just killing it on this one. And, 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 you know, the thing is, um, with Scotty McCreary, I know he's one of those artists, again, that's known for a lot of ballads. Yeah. And using his voice on that because the uh, the deepness in his voice works on it. Um, lately, though, like between this one and like in between and whatnot, giving that more of the up tempo, it's actually working out for him that way, too. Yeah, I kind of want to hear more up tempo stuff from him. I hope like I hope the momentum just keeps going upward. Yes. for his music. I, I totally agree. Um, I when I saw this last week when it got sent out, I was like, "Wait a minute, is this a new artist that's also named Jamie Fine, or is it just Jamie Fine on her own?" And it is Jamie Fine on her own. No Elijah Woods on this one. Yeah, did they split up or something? Or? Uh, from what I could tell, is like the, it not completely split up but kind of just like she's this might be her rob thomas phase where she's a really interesting way of putting it (laughs) i like that she's kind of like doing her own thing at the same time on facebook she put um something to the effect of i needed to just kind of take a break and get back to writing the songs i wanted to write um and she kind of like I guess throws herself under the bus for this one uh, in sellout is what it's called. Um, and she talks about like, she wrote she took a break to write song or break from what she was doing to write songs that she didn't really care about and stuff like that. 
And the funny thing is, I actually really like this song. Like, I think this is some of her best work yet. You know, here's the thing, though. Like, as I was listening to this, um, even though, like, Elijah Woods is the producer of the tracks, you can still hear where her creative influence came in. Yeah. On, on the duo side of things. Yeah. Like, this is very similar to, like, you, for example. It really is. So I, I, I don't know what she was really meaning by needing to take a break from writing the so- uh, songs the way she wanted to, because it, I, as far as I could tell, it's the same thing. It is. And you know what? If if she is producing this on her own, then she is a better producer than Elijah Woods, because I find the music is less compressed like, it feels like all the tracks have room to breathe. Like, do you get that sound when yeah. you hear it? Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, like, again, everything about this track, it, it impresses me. Like, it, it, it does, yeah. Yeah. I, I think it has potential to uh, do something on the Canadian side of things here. I think so, too. And next we got uh, something, another another left field pick. <laughs> Where the hell did you find this one? Oh, Richard Cheese, he's been around forever. Well, like, yeah, if you've never but... heard of Richard Cheese and Lounge Against the Machine, basically he does like lounge and swing versions of popular rock, pop, and rap tracks. And if you've ever wanted to know exactly how Frank Sinatra would sing a song by Cardi B, this is it, basically. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and you know, he's been doing this this shtick for about 20 years now, and I've heard some of the other newer lounge covers that he did. He did Thank You Next. He did Old Town Road. Oh, geez. And he did those really well. Like, it's not even just like a like a comedy thing. Like, he legitimately, like, translated those really well into a different genre. And in comes WAP. Yeah. And this, it seems lazy to me. That's like, fair. it feels like it's not just, like, translating the song, trying to do something new with it. It just feels like he did it for the sake of just, like, having a cover of a very controversial song. Uh, and, and and yet it's still a very popular song. Yeah. But, I mean, and I mean, like, the it's a great song. But I feel like it is, it's only, it can only be really be sung by a woman. If a guy tries to sing it, then it just gets weird. I can't wait for TikTok to get their hands on this one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, Goldfinger is back, and it's kind of like, um, I don't know, it's kind of like a new vibe of pump, uh, punk music going on. Yeah, I I didn't really think I would like it this much. Like, I I was never really the kind of guy who listened to a lot of Goldfinger. Like, yeah. I'd listened to a few covers that they did, but I never listened to any of like the stuff that they did on their own. But this really impressed me. Uh, the song's called Wallflower. And yeah, they're jumping right in. There's um, there's a few uh, groups, I think, that are starting to bring out this new sound in punk music. And they're jumping right in on it as well. Well, Goldfinger have been around forever, dude. I know. Yeah. That's what and, I'm saying. Yeah. But it's it's I love how optimistic it is. That's what I love the most about about Wallflower. That's fair. That's yeah, fair. and I wish that you know there was more optimistic music. Well, and I think you are seeing that uh, in 2020 now, just because everybody, every artist realizes like, hey, okay, 
We're, except Justin Bieber, uh, we're, <laughs> if the world is kind of in a mood right now, we need to get some more optimistic stuff going to get people's spirits up. Yeah. And just you wait. Like, if if Trump ends up losing the election, and especially when, you know, the pandemic is like, it's to an extent over, like when it's at the point where it's not like going to cause serious harm and we can all like get back to being around each other. Yeah. Get ready to see like this huge wave of like really happy music again. I think we're even going to start seeing that here soon. Like it's, it's gotta be coming. Like all these artists have been stuck at home doing nothing for seven months. Like the rest of us. And guaranteed, they've been working on new music. Oh, 100 percent. Like you can't you, just stifle creativity like that. Yeah. Mark my words after Christmas, because right now everybody's going to focus on getting their Christmas releases out after Christmas. There's going to be this influx of artists sending out new music. Yeah, I, I I'll I'll call your bet on that. I, I totally agree with you. And, you know, going back to that optimism, we got Lucas Graham with uh, a nice, wholesome new song from them called Share That Love. Yeah, and it still stays true to their style, but is actually a little bit more upbeat. I was going to say, it sounds a lot like a Florida Georgia Line song. I know. No. No? I can't hear it. I can't hear it. No. I hear it a little bit. Maybe, I, maybe Dan and Shay. Maybe. <laughs> but still, this is a, it's a really enjoyable song. Seven Years never really did it for me, but I like this one. Oh, this for sure. For sure. It's got a great message behind it. Uh, little Mix is back with a song called Happiness. Yeah, and you know, Little Mix, one of those girl groups that really hasn't done much sta- or North America side, but I think they're, I think they're bigger in Europe. Maybe? Yeah, yes. Yes. But oh my goodness, this is a great song. And I really hope that this kind of breaks them out into North America more because like this it's catchy. It makes me want to dance. I, I love like the, the harmonies har- here. I was about to say I love the harmonies on it. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. So I mean, um they did have a little bit of success in the past here in North America, but like you said, not a whole lot. Yeah, but you know, I I've, I've got high hopes for this one. I, I do as well. I'll agree with you on that one. Yeah. Another kind of left field pick, Leon Bridges and Lucky Day. All about you. I'm indifferent on this one. Really? Yeah. Like, I could take it or leave it. I think they have really nice voices. I mean, like, you know, Leon Bridges, he's another artist that I like, but I haven't, like, really deep dived into yet. But this makes me want to listen to his stuff more. I'll put it this way. If it comes on... Well, I'm listening to or I'm hanging out with somebody and we're listening to their music on their phone or whatever. I'm not going to be like begging to change it. But at the Fair same enough. but at the same time, not going to necessarily be my first pick. Yeah. But, you know, I'll check it out a little bit more and I got another one here. Another one that, you know, you're, Scott's not going to want to listen to this too much, but I really <laughs> enjoyed it. Uh Death Heaven with a re-recording of Deidus. And it, it's a live version. It's sort of like the the story with this release that they've got coming up is 
this year they were going to go out on the road because it's like their 10-year anniversary of being together as a band. So they were going to make a live album of like a couple songs off of like each of their releases. So like a couple off their demo, a couple off Sunbather and their other two albums. But then COVID happened. Yeah. Yeah. So rather than, you know, waste a year doing nothing, they decided to get into a studio as soon as they can. And instead of recording new music, they just decided to just do like raw real-time recording, almost like a live concert. And I think that's that it why really that would out. be why the production sounds so good on it. <laughs> I mean, for this type of music, it works. Well, yeah, totally, totally. I was expecting to hear a different sound though when it said that it was a live version. Oh yeah, yeah. So. But you know, it's it still works. And um, I think Death Heaven, they're their mix of alternative rock and black metal. It just sounds so good with this kind of production on it. We also have uh, new stuff from Machine Gun Kelly and Halsey called Forget Me Too. And I never really cared for Machine Gun Kelly in general before. Like, he, again, either. It, it was kind of like I, not my first choice, right? But the latest stuff he's releasing has been pretty damn good. I know. Like, I... I'll admit, I had some prejudices kind of going into this one. I, I'd heard, like, very mixed reviews. Like, people either love or absolutely hate this new Machine Gun Kelly project. But, you know, after listening to a couple songs, you know, I'm I'm starting to get into it. And the collab with Halsey was a perfect fit. Yeah, H- Halsey sounds fantastic on this. I, I kind of hope that she does some more pop punk stuff. But, you know, this is a sound that I think has been really missing from the musical landscape for a while and you know not even like the pop punk bands from like in the early 2000s are really making this anymore but we still want more of it and machine gun kelly you know good on him for trying something new and having it work oh totally absolutely and like we were saying how uh, halsey sounds good on it halsey sounds pretty much good on anything like she could do almost any genre and it would sound fine huh yeah, I, I mean, Halsey is another artist that it took me a while for me to really, like, get an appreciation for her. But you know what? She's I, yeah. got talent. At she's the got the talent, and I like what she's putting out there. Uh, first new stuff we've heard from Dirks Bentley in a while called Gone. This just got released yesterday. Uh I, I kind of, I, I have to laugh. The one part that makes me snicker is the... Um, tongue-in-cheek reference to sadder than a country song (laughs) i heard that this morning when uh, we debuted it on the station and i was like yeah that's that's pretty good i like that yeah and this is a pretty decent song Dirk bentley he he's someone that i can always count on to make you know pretty decently consistent good quality stuff this is just another one of those high quality songs it's something that i'd listen to you know more than once i like it and and not necessarily the bro country stuff yeah like it's like i don't i don't want to say like garth territory but you know like 2000s country like um stuff that brad paisley was doing around like 04 05 stuff like that i'm uh i i still will never forget the story i heard about when he was uh performing in edmonton a few years back and he changed the lyrics to of drunk on a plane to i'm getting drunk in mar wayne 
<laughs> that will still forever make me laugh. <laughs> like, at least uh, he did his research on that one. <laughs> yeah, like, calling out Marwayne. Like, I've been to Marwayne a few times, but, like, way to deep dive there, man. I had respect for that. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. And, ooh, this one, I'm, I'm actually really excited about this one. New Ariana Grande, Positions. We're supposedly seeing a new album from Ariana Grande sometime this month. But, like, there's a week left. So maybe expect a new album from Ariana Grande to drop on Friday? Yeah, I, I think that could possibly be the case. But holy crap, this song. It's like... This song is horny as hell. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. <laughs> yeah, like, goddamn, Ariana Grande making some, like, mad baby-making music right here. Well, we know what's, uh, what's going on in Tim's playlist. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's a good song. You know, like, Ariana Grande, like Halsey, is someone that, you know, I've grown to appreciate her voice and her songs a little more as I've listened to her. And, For sure. You know, this sounds a little different too. I dig it. I dig it. Yeah, I, I didn't mind this at all. Yeah. Uh, and then we've got her with damage. I actually found that this like I listened to positions and damage back to back. Same. They see they segue perfectly into each other. There's on on this one in particular. There's like some late '90s, early 2000s vibes going on. A little bit like I find this very laid back very intimate and it's just so good like it, it almost reminds me a little bit of like early early into her solo career Beyonce mm-hmm totally 100% I agree with you on that one yeah oh and the piano at the end of the song just chef's kiss Mwah. perfection <laughs> oh yeah, a little more CanCon here we got uh, the beaches with fascination uh, I saw that this is like in my my new music queue on YouTube music, even though this song has been out, I guess maybe they're re-releasing it as a single. It's kind of typical Beaches stuff, though. It is, but, you know, it's it's scratching a musical itch for me. It sounds like the a theme song for a TV show. Okay, yeah. I, I, I had written that on here, but I was like, I do not want to make that reference for the second time this music meeting. <laughs> yeah. But it's uh, so good. Uh, uh, also, Marshmallow and I'm in back featuring Usher called Too Much. And this does not sound like Marshmallow had any influence on the track at all. I was going to say the same thing. I feel like I'm in back just took the lead on this because I actually like it. <laughs> As Tim has called Marshmallow before, Diet Dead Mouse. <laughs> but even then, it's kind of it's kind of hard to compare the two because really the only thing they have in common is they wear a mask they don't even play the same type of, of electronic music no and exactly dead mouse is good <laughs> oh but you know on this one like it's it brings back the old sound of usher really it does i was gonna say like this is probably the best song that usher has been on in years <laughs> probably yeah I, yeah for sure uh yeah it's 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 not too bad i think it has some hit potential there i think it does too uh same with the bring me the horizon with teardrops and you mean lincoln park the second yes i was gonna say that like this it's they're trying too hard to be lincoln park on this one 
<laughs> so I uh, I was sitting there and I'm like, this sounds awfully familiar. I'm like, is this Linkin Park the second? And then I scroll to the comment section and apparently I wasn't the only one. Yeah, but they're really wearing their influence on their sleeves with this one. And Bring Me the Horizon, they're always a band that throughout each phase of their career, I've always been very indifferent towards because back when they were like doing like the heavier stuff, it wasn't quite heavy enough for me. Right. And now that they're like going back into this area, it still doesn't sound great. I will give them this, you know, it's it's a nice tribute to Linkin Park. It's a decent song, but I, I don't really like it that much. No, not not really. Um, and then we've got Mastercraft with Alexis. Yeah, I've got some more CanCon. Oh, yeah, this is CanCon. This is CanCon because this is a side project of Jesse Keeler from Death From Above 1979. Right. And also uh, their producer. Like, they just make electronic music. Just casual change of... Uh of their ways <laughs> it is so much and what's really interesting about mastercraft is they did this i think last year too death from above went on tour and then so did mastercraft okay and then like basically how their sets worked were and they were in two different venues too so it'd be you know death from above playing a concert at about like eight o'clock to nine thirty. And then Jesse Keeler just, I imagine, probably still bass in hand, jumps off the stage, hits a cab, and just like, over to this venue right now and step on it. I was uh, picturing like a scene from a movie or, um, oh, what would be the better reference? Oh, uh, How I Met Your Mother, where Ted ends up in the wrong classroom and has to run like across town. Oh, I'm sure that's <laughs> happened too. Probably. Yeah, but, you know, I guess that's that's kind of something that happens when you have two bands, yeah. especially if you're a bass player, because, like, from what I've heard among, like, uh, the musicians that I am familiar with and am friends with, yeah. you know, yeah. being a good bass player is a lot like having a truck. As soon as people find out, there go your Saturdays. Oh, well, yeah, I, I can see that being a thing. And, like, um example of that would be i remember a few years ago uh seeing a picture from tour of i think it was dan Talevsky, and i think it's his bass player also does some bass playing for sean desmond that wouldn't surprise me because i pretty sure it was the same dude when i introduced sean desmond in bonnieville for their canada day a few years ago pretty sure it was the same guy oh yeah and kind of continuing around the electronic direction for this, we got uh, Eric Prides with a new one called Nopus. The uh, initial orchestral vibe you get off of it matches the uh, cover art for it, the spacey theme. Yeah, and he's been kind of doing this sound a lot for the past few years. Uh, like, you know, a lot of people, when they think Eric Prides, they're going to think Call On Me. Mm -hmm. But... That's really the only song that he has that sounds like it. Right. Yeah. And actually, a little history lesson for you is that he made Call On Me because another electronic duo would not. And who was that electronic duo? 
Well, it was a, it was a Daft Punk side project. Um, okay. Thomas from from Daft Punk, like he and another guy, I don't know what the other guy is from, but they <laughs> made a very rough cut of Call on Me, like, and they they sampled it. It was a little slower, and they only used it during DJ sets. Gotcha. But there was so much demand for them to release the single, but they didn't want to. So instead, Eric Pride says, you know what? I'm going to do this instead. And he asked permission. They said yes. They said go for it. And he did. Interesting. And, and yeah, he even got, um, uh, what's his name? Steve Winwood. There we go. <laughs> to actually um, record the vocals instead of just using the sample. Right, right. Yeah. Huh, interesting. And the yeah. rest, as they say, is history. Pretty much. Then he goes on to join Swedish House Mafia for like two minutes and then go back to doing his own thing. Finally releases an album in 2016, and it's fantastic. And now I guess, you know, kind of a steady stream of singles, including this one. And I really like what I hear. Uh, and then we're going to wrap things up here with Skrillex and Kilptown Empyrean. Yeah, and this was actually a track that Skrillex whipped up last night, apparently. <laughs> just, like, walks into his home studio, sits down, and is just like, okay, let's just work on this now, and then just releases it on a whim. Well, some artists just do that. Like, you have, like, a good idea, you go with it. Maybe it doesn't sound like the album that you're working on. I was like, okay, we'll just release this as a single. That's fair. And it's working on new music. It's kind of a more relaxed vibe from Skrillex on this one. Yeah, but he he has done this kind of stuff before. Yeah. Yeah, and I like this new direction. Like, you know, I, I love dubstep Skrillex. You know, that he, the Scary Monsters and Ice Sprites EP, that really, like, kind of opened up a bunch of doors for me once I learned to love it. Mm-hmm. But... You know, it's nice to see him going in different directions again. All right. So out of the entire list, what is probably going to be the hit makers out of it? It's a really tough call on this. Um, I really want to say Jamie Fine for CanCon. Like there's there's some potential here. I think so on that one. Um, I would say then looking outside of CanCon, um, obviously Justin Bieber and Benny Blanco is probably going to, I don't know if it's going to be top five. It's going to maybe be top 10. I think as we're getting into the holiday season and with everything the world's gone through this year, I don't think radio is going to hop on that one as much as what he might think. Yeah, probably. Um, but positions, on the other hand, I think radio is going to jump on that, and it's going to be like at least a top ten hit. Oh yeah, uh, and then well, uh, on the countryside, I, I, if I was a betting man, I'd say Dirk Bentley is going to be a number one. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take that action on there, and for rock, because I'm going to be starting up at a rock station pretty soon. There we go. Yeah. I'm going to say either Bring Me the Horizon or Machine Gun and Halsey, because I, I think there's a lot of potential for that to be a rock hit. Uh, yeah, I would. Uh, I would even maybe throw Goldfinger in there. Yeah, maybe just uh, but I don't know if it's going to I don't know if it'll be a hit, but I think it'll at least get some play. I think I think the fans are at least going to really love it. 
A couple episodes ago, I said that there is no such thing as the perfect song length. Some songs only need two minutes, but some need more. But you shouldn't avoid a song just because of how long or short it is. This week, I wanna challenge you to listen to a really long song, like longer than 10 minutes. And there are bands that still make songs that are even an album long, like 30 plus minutes, but all just one continuous track. One song is even nearly two hours. But hey, those might be a little extreme to start you off with. Just think about the last time that you listened to Paradise by the Dashboard Light, Stairway to Heaven, or 2112. All super rewarding to listen to the whole way through, and there's still tons of songs just as good coming out today. Back in 2018, Dave Grohl made waves with a 22 minute long song called Play, going into a studio between gigs for Foo Fighters' Concrete and Gold album tour, and played all the instruments for it inspired by watching his kids take music lessons, rehearsing over and over to get that music perfect. And somehow, this 22 minute long song doesn't sound repetitive, and his playing kept me captivated the entire way through. Great riff after great riff. I'd even go so far as to say it's one of the best recordings Dave Grohl has ever made. Another good one. The centerpiece of Porcupine Tree's final album is a 12 minute track called Time Flies. This was the first song that I'd heard of theirs, and I listened to it the whole way through. And then I listened to the whole album that it was on, and loved it even more. Mastodon has two tracks off of Crack the Sky, The Czar and The Last Baron, both easily the best songs off of that album, and that album is already perfect the whole way through. And both songs a little bit on the long side, but again, you have to just experience them the whole way through. The best songs on a Weird Al release are usually the long ones towards the end, like Albuquerque, Jackson Park Express, and Trapped in the Drive. Give these a chance. If you see a song coming up on your playlist that's longer than five minutes, make sure you check it out because it just might be the best thing that you've ever heard. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to The Tim Gavin Show wherever you listen to podcasts. Rate and review me wherever you can. And don't forget to like the podcast on Facebook. We got links in the show notes along with uh, any sources and music credits and some further listening as well. Additional production for the music meeting by Scott Mitchell. I'm Tim Gavin. Talk to you next time.